This is God's servant Dilip Koshikoshi. I am the pastor of Revelation Church. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. I pray that you will experience the power of God's word in all its richness and glory today. May your faith be revived, your mind be renewed, and your body be healed in Jesus' name. We're going to just pray and ask the Lord to reveal it to us. Father, we are in your presence, Lord. Thank you, Father, for the word that you spoke over us, that this is the year of purification lord we are in your presence this morning to receive word to change our understanding to change our perspectives to change the way we think that you the lord that you'll bless us lord let the the word come to us in its power let let us let none of us lose the power the reverence for your word but may each one of us, Lord, be touched by the power of your word. Holy Spirit, do your work in our midst. Thank you, Pa. Have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's read scripture. First John chapter 3, verses 1 to 3. See how great a love the Father has bestowed on us that we would be called children of God. Man, that we would be called children of God. That's the love of God for us. And such we are. For this reason, the world does not know us. Because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God and it has not yet appeared as yet what we will be. We know that when he appears, we will be like him because we will see him just as he is. And everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself just as he is pure. Say pure. pure. The Lord is very serious about purity. In fact, if there is something on his heart concerning the church, that is purity. The, the whole work of redemption, the whole work on the cross was executed so that you and I be found. You all know that. Then why is it that when, when the word comes to you, it's a year of purification, you're not excited about it. Because everything that the Lord did for you is to make you pure. Because you are found impure. That's right. We were found impure. We got corrupted by the world. We got corrupted by sin. And Jesus came into this world to cleanse us and to make us pure. And the Holy Spirit is given to us so that the church will remain pure and grow in purity. Amen. Till the day he comes, till the day he appears, the church is going to grow in purity. In the spiritual, the work has been done. And we have endured uh, the process. But... You know, I know that we've been cleansed. How many of you believe that Jesus Christ died and his blood was shed to make us pure? We all believe that. So don't come to me with the theology that we've been made pure by the blood of Jesus. There's no longer, we don't need purification. We are not talking about that. Don't confuse. Don't get your mind confused. We've been cleansed by the blood of Christ. We've been purified by the blood of Christ. We have been given a start because of the blood of Christ. Now we are talking about sanctification. We are living in the presence of sin. We are living in this world which is corrupted by the impurities of sin. Now, the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives is to cleanse us, man, and to make us pure that we'll be found like Him when He comes. See, how many of you have this hope? The Bible talks about, the scripture here talks about our hope. Say hope. hope. Say it loud. Say hope. hope. Say it like you have that hope. Say hope. How many of you have that hope? This is our hope. The Christian uh, life is very unique. 
is very distinct from that of the world because of this hope that we have in him. And this hope is threefold. Uh, we can see it here. One, what is the, the first aspect of that hope? That Jesus Christ will appear. Say appear. The first facet of that hope is that he will come. He will appear. And then that we will see him when he appears. So there, there are those who are not going to see him when he appears. That's why this is a hope. He's going to come. He's going to appear. But we're going to see him when he appears. There are those who are not going to. We're going to see him. When he appears. Do you know that we're going to see him when he appears? And the world is not going to see him. That's why this is called a hope. This is the unique hope that we have. That Jesus will appear. And that we will see him when he appears. And that we will be like him when we see him. Hallelujah. Somebody excited this morning? And Jesus Christ is going to appear. And we're going to see him when he appears. And we're going to be like him when we see him. That's a hope. This is the hope. When people ask you, what's your hope? This is your hope. The hope in a nutshell. If you want to express your hope in three sentences or three phrases, this is what it is. He's going to appear. And I'm going to see him when he appears. And I'm going to be like him when I see him. Amen. That's my hope. Amen. It's a very unique hope that we have. And the scripture here says that everyone who has this hope fixed on Jesus Christ, referring to every born again believer. Amen. Every Christian who is yielded and submitted to the Holy Spirit. Every believer who is yielded and submitted to the Holy Spirit. Everyone who has this hope fixed on Christ purifies himself. If you have a hope, by default, you're going to purify yourself. If you are really fixed on this hope, you're going to purify yourself. The evidence of your hope is a pursuit of purity. Hallelujah. The evidence of your hope is your pursuit of purity. If you're not pursuing purity, then it is not showing the evidence of your hope. But if you're convinced of this hope, that he's going to appear and that we're going to see him when he appears and that we're going to be like him when we see him. If you're convinced of this hope, then the pursuit of purity will be the hallmark of your life. So that's why the church must emphasize, a lot of emphasis must be given to reminding each other of the coming of the Lord. In fact, I told you this before. You know, in, in, the, in the New Testament, we read that every letter had some salutation or some reminder or some exhortation which was directly connected to the coming of the Lord. Why was that? So that the church will continue to pursue on purity. And somewhere down the line, as history continued, somewhere down the line, the church kind of when I say the church, I'm talking about generally. The church kind of lost that focus on the coming of the Lord. But I believe we are in a season where the Lord is awakening his bride, is awakening the church to wake up to the reality, to wake up to this hope, to stand up to this hope that we're going to see him and we're going to be like him. Amen. Amen. If you have this hope fixed on Christ, your lifestyle must reflect a desire 
and a willingness. Say desire. A desire and willingness for purification. And sad to say that many in the church show no desire for purification. They prefer to be the way they are. Yes, they entered the church and they, they heard the gospel, they responded. But now they ought to give in to the working of the Holy Spirit. They ought to give in and submit to the work of God's word. The revelation of God's word. And I'm going to come to that in a while. We must not deceive ourselves. Proverbs 30 and verse 12. There is a kind who is pure in his own eyes. Yet is not washed from his filthiness. There is a kind who is pure in his own eyes. But not washed from his filthiness. And I want to tell you that in the church there are a lot of people like that. There are a lot of people. Don't think that is because God was tricked. God was tricked by some people. No. That's what the devil, just like the way he corrupted the world, he is also trying to corrupt the church, but he is not going to prevail. Because who said, I will build my church? Jesus said, I will build my church. And we are in such a season where the, the building of the church is going to be so strong, so powerful, and we are going to see the work of purification happen within the church. Amen. The church is going to be purified. The church is going to awaken to this pursuit of purity. Before the coming of the Lord, there will be such brilliance in the church. There's going to be such brilliance in the church. Such purity and standards of holiness. Today we, you know, we see, we, we, we are so depressed when we hear that, oh, that church has accommodated this kind of living. This church has uh, 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 been indoctrinated by this new trend. And that church somewhere has uh, embraced this lifestyle and this church is teaching that doctrine. Don't be worried. He has his eyes on everyone who belongs to him. His church will be built. His church is not named after human organizations. Amen. His church is not registered on the earth. Hallelujah. That, no man can corrupt it. No man can play with it. No forgery is allowed. Hallelujah. The church must understand the seriousness of purity. It's a serious matter. Purity is a serious matter. It cost the son of God his life. It cost him to shed his blood. Your purity. Do you know that? Your cleansing cost Christ to shed his blood. Some of them in the church, which can include you. Some of them in the church have this feeling that we're going to have a lot of time to get our act right. But anyone who has this hope fixed on Christ, fixed it fixed. Fixed. Not the one who has got, okay, it should have, we can, we can, we'll adjust it. Okay, now 2023. No. Let's push it. A little, not this decade, maybe the next decade. No. Everyone who has this hope fixed on him, man, will purify himself. And that's where it is. You have to understand. That's where the, the focus must be. We have been washed by the blood of Jesus. We've been made clean of all our sins. That is a centerpiece of our faith. But as believers, it is important for us to build our lives on this truth. Our character, our lifestyle, our attitude must reflect the righteousness of God. Amen. Imputed to us. Amen. It has been granted to us. We don't have our own righteousness. Your righteousness is like filthy rags. 
a reminder. Your righteousness, you try to walk righteous before God, is going to be just stinking filthy rags. We're not talking about that. When we talk about purification, we're not talking about that. We're talking about walking in the awareness of what Christ has done and embracing this lifestyle, putting on Jesus, amen, that your righteousness is not yours anymore, but you are wearing the righteousness of Christ, which is like fine linen, white and clean. What is so different about fine linen? Some of you like linen. I also like linen. It is very difficult to maintain linen. So what is different about this fine linen? Now, if you study history, history confirms that fine linen, as it is referred to in the New Testament, is, a, is very costly. Say costly. It's very delicate. Say delicate. It's very soft. Say soft. It's a dazzling fabric. A dazzling fabric. That is fine linen. Whenever you see the word fine linen in scripture, in fact, the New Testament, I think it appears only three times. Fine linen, three or four times, that's it. And it's a single word, bisnos. That's the word that is translated as fine linen. It is referring to something which is very costly, delicate, soft, and dazzling. It is shining and brilliant. This fine linen that the, the Bible talks about It's a cloth, a fabric that is shining and brilliant. It is glossy and has a sheen as it reflects the light which falls on it. What is special about fine linen is that though it is soft and shiny, it is also strong. I hope you all know that. Linen is very strong. It's a very strong cloth. Whereas the other, uh, most of the other types of materials that you use for clothing, It is stretchable or elastic. Linen is not stretchable or elastic. It's very strong. That's why it wrinkles fast. Are you getting it? The the wrinkles on a linen dress is a proof that it's a very strong material. So archaeological discoveries almost 3,000 plus years from almost 3,000 years back have found intact linen wrappings. You can go and check this out. They have found intact linen wrappings. Everything else they found would have been degraded, but this linen wrappings were almost intact. Linen withstands humidity. Linen withstands this all these microorganisms or whatever that is. It withstands the test of time. Linen can be easily straightened using hot iron. Can be easily straightened. The wrinkles can be easily straightened using hot iron, especially when it is damp. When it is a little damp. That's why I use those. And today we have products. There's a spray which is available. A, a spray which, which kind of wets the linen. It's like a starch spray. What, I don't know what you, what you call that. It's a spray. You spray it and then you iron it. It's become stiff. It can be ironed using a hot iron. Those who use fine linen will agree that it's the most comfortable cloth you can ever wear. Another interesting property of fine linen is that it softens and brightens with washing. Every time you wash it, how many of you have noticed that? You wash it, the first time you you got it from the shop, it's very kind of stiff and hard. And then you wash it, it becomes soft. The more you wash it, it, the the fabric becomes softer. Have you noticed that? Some of you must go and buy some linen clothes today. Yeah, and try this out. It, It softens with every wash and it becomes brightened. It is brightened up with every wash. It's a long-term favorite fabric in your wardrobe. Those who have invested in linen clothes, 
will keep it for a long time. Cotton and other material, you, you probably, it will not last that long. But linen will last long. Every time you wash it, it becomes soft. It's very comfortable for you to wear. It becomes bright with every wash. It's a quick absorbent. That's why it gets easily stained. You go out, especially in our climate, our humidity, we go out in this humidity, you are sweating. And by the time you come back, it will be all brown. You know why? Because it quickly absorbs humidity and also whatever else is there is in the air. It's easily pollutable. So it requires frequent and repeated washing. The more it is washed, it becomes softer, shinier and less wrinkly. That's also there. The more you wash it, you realize that it is not as wrinkly as it used to be when you first started using a linen cloth. Now, this is where, okay, now come back. There are a lot of lessons on linen cloths. But you have to understand, this is where God wants us to be. Hallelujah. Now, we are in this world, as, as we live in this world, it's a natural tendency for us to absorb the impurities of this world. But the more we get washed, the more we get washed, we become softer. We become less wrinkly. We become brighter. Do you know that? Without spot and without wrinkle. These are the two major flaws a linen cloth can have. Spot and wrinkle. Do you know that? Two nightmares. For those of you who are wearing linen, there are two nightmares in your mind concerning your linen cloth. Spots and wrinkles. The moment you, you, know, you put on and you come out, it's all creased. And it can easily draw stains to it. But God wants us to make us without spot or without blemish and without wrinkle. The two flaws linen fabric is prone to have. The Holy Spirit wants the church to be found in fine linen, clean and white, without spot and without wrinkle. And I want you to you understand something. Know that the, there's only one thing, there's absolutely one thing, only one thing, which can make you pure. In all of scripture, you will not find another purifying agent for a Christian, which God recommends. You know what it is? God's word. God's word. God's word. The one cleansing agent, the one, Jesus said, you are already clean because of the word which I spoke to you. Psalm 199 verse 9. 119 verse 9. How can a young man keep himself pure by going to school? How can a young man keep his way pure? What's the answer? By keeping it according to your... The only one thing that can keep you pure. I want all the young children to pay attention to this. Yeah? All of you listen to this. Chrissy, listen to this. How can a young man... Or a young woman keep herself pure, himself pure? By keeping it according to his word, the word, the word. Say the word. The word. The word, the importance of raising the standard in our churches, in our homes, in our schools. If the church resorts to any other material for discipleship, I'll repeat that phrase one more time. If the church resorts to any other material for the sake of discipleship, the cost it has to pay will be lack of purity. 
If the church decides, the modern day church can think, oh, word, I'm going to work in. The word is not working anymore. We have to adopt new means, new methods, new syllabus, a new pedagogy to disciple our people. Well, I want to tell you that there's only one thing that can make a man pure. There's only one thing that can make the church pure. That's the word of God. Man, if you move away from God's word, the cost will be lack of purity. Do not follow the wisdom of this world. Do not follow the trend of this world. Do not give up on preaching and teaching God's word. Today for Bible study, five people will come. If there's an event, hundred people might turn up. Why? Why is that? So now the pastor will think, okay, Bible study is not very appealing to people. Let's forgo Bible study and let's do something else. Let's do more youth meetings. More light and smoke in the church. I want to tell you, light and smoke is good. We are not against light and smoke. You can see that we use a lot of lights. What I am trying to tell you is, the most important thing, the number one thing, the numero uno thing in the church must be the preaching and the teaching of God's word. You cannot sacrifice that. You cannot compromise on that. You cannot bring it down. You cannot bring it down. And I want to encourage you this year. Make it a point that you attend Bible study. Decide to come for Bible study. In fact, come and demand for more sessions of Bible study. More, more lessons on, on, on from the word, word of God. Come and demand. Come and ask. Can we meet more often? To study God's word. To discuss God's word. The church has become so dry because... The word is not being preached enough. In this church, we want to stand up for this. We want to stand up for the preaching and teaching of God's word. We're not going to bring it down. We're going to continue doing it. Amen. Till kingdom come. Till, the, till Jesus comes. Amen. Hallelujah. Persist with the word. Those who despise the word are not going anywhere spiritually. Those who despise the teaching of God's word are not going anywhere spiritually. Their progress card can be written beforehand. Their progress cards can be written beforehand. If they're not going to honor God's word and revere God's word and give attention to God's word, they're not going anywhere spiritually. No progress. And we've seen people like that in our lives. We've seen a lot of people like that in our lives. Those who cherish God's word and follow after God's word and pursue God's word, they're going somewhere. Because they are being cleansed. Their linen is being washed over and over. Amen. Their linen is being washed over and over. They, their, their linen is getting softened and brightened. That's right. Soft and bright and dazzling and, and full of sheen. So that's why the Bible talks about preach, teach and exhort the word. Take, take pains with it. Be absorbed in it. And esteem highly those who teach you God's word. This are all, it's all connected. You cannot separate anything from each other. Esteem them highly. Celebrate the preaching of God's word. I want to read from Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. We read that in weddings. Husbands, love your wives. Just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. So that he, who is this he? Christ, might sanctify, say sanctify. Her, who is her? The church, one more time. He might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. So how, how does the washing happen? By the word, with the word. Without the word, there is no washing. And there's no cleansing. 
there's no purification that's what i said there is no other agent of cleansing or purification or purging that a christian can access other other than the word of god the word that he might that he might present to himself the church in all her glory having no spot or wrinkle or any other such thing but that she would be holy and blameless man say holy say blameless say holy say blameless say pure hallelujah let's read from revelation chapter 19 verse 6 down and i heard as it were the voice of a great multitude and as the sound of many waters and as the sound of mighty peals of thunder saying hallelujah for the lord our god the almighty reigns let us rejoice and be glad and give the glory to him for the marriage of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready look at that again her bride has made say herself the bride has to make herself ready it was given to her to clothe herself in fine linen bright say bright say bright say bright with brightness bright and clean for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints the righteous acts of the saints hallelujah that's the fine linen if you're wondering what is this fine linen all about is the righteous acts of the saints which comes forth from the righteousness of christ himself man you cannot you cannot uh, manufacture it it has to come from the character of christ which is in you hallelujah holy and blameless say holy and blameless now i told you that washing is very important for the linen fabric the the one thing that keep us clean in our spiritual life is the word of god unless you expose your life constantly say constantly to god's word there'll be no dazzle there'll be no sheen there'll be no glimmer there'll be no brightness you understand unless you are exposing your life constantly repeatedly over and over to god's word your life will lack sheen your life will lack dazzling it'll be very ordinary it'll be very mundane god's word must become the most important part of your life every opportunity that you get to listen to it you must cherish it with all your heart every opportunity that you get to read your word cherish it with all your heart every opportunity that you get to when somebody is ministering god's word pay attention you know why that's the only thing that can make you clean dazzling bright clean brilliant there is so much power in purity say power say purity have you ever realized that these two words can go together this power in purity there's so much power in purity now that purification happens when you submit to god's word that's why you as a, as christians who are being used in 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 ministry you must never compromise on god's word you must never compromise on god's word for the sake of get gaining a pre, uh, gaining recognition don't compromise on god's word for the sake of being popular don't compromise on god's word god's word must be your only standard in life your only standard in ministry the only standard in ministry must be god's word and god's word not going to change that He never asked us to change that standard uh, by the time you hit 
2023, you can change that standard and bring in some other standard for the sake of being more appealing to the world. No, there's only one standard that he instituted, that he prescribed, that he stands by. That is his word. And every ministering that you do, in any form, whether it be preaching or, or teaching or, or singing or helping or good deeds, whatever it is, it must all be rooted in God's word. It all must spring forth from God's word. That must be a standard. So when the scripture talks about purifying yourself, what is it implying? Pay attention to the word. That's the first thing that you must do. Pay attention to the word. You got to pay attention to God's word. That's where you start. That's right. You're applying it. You're applying it with like soap upon your body. You want it to, you want it to stay there for a while. You want to rub it on you. You want it, you want the, like, just like you apply soap on your body, you want to rub it over you. You want to see the lather. You want to feel the fragrance of it. That's how you must approach God's word. You must feel the fragrance. You must inhale the fragrance of God's word. You must apply it to yourself. Pay attention to God's word. This year resolve to pay attention to God's word. You know, one thing, you know, when you're listening to God's word, everything else should be shut down. Everything else must be hush. Because I'm listening to God's word. I'm reading God's word. Everything else can wait. Because we're talking about very serious matter here. We're talking about the purification of our beings, which can only happen by God's word. If you're not going to pay attention to God's word, that purification is not going to happen. You're not going anywhere without that submission to God's word. The purification happens when you submit to God's word. You have to submit to God's word. You have to pay attention to God's word. Respond to God's word. Respond to God's word. Now some of you are hearing a lot of word, but you're not responding to the word. That has to change. So like I said, um, the sign of revival is Quick response to God's word. Immediate response to God's word. God says something and you immediately respond. You always follow up the word of God with action. That is a revival. That is a revival. Purify yourself. Pay attention. Submit to God's word. Respond to God's word. Because God is about to do something amazing in the church. It's a very special season. A very special season that we are in. And he wants to hasten the process of this purification, which he has already started in us. And the, he wants the church to dazzle with the glory of his, of his being. His glory must be reflected. Amen? His glory. Say his glory. We must show forth his glory. A corrupt church cannot show forth the glory of God. An impure church cannot show forth the glory of God. We must shine bright this season. God desires to do that. Do you think that God is going to keep the church very insignificant all the while? No. The church is going to become very significant. Amen. And, and he's already significant. But the, the significance of the church, the relevance of the church is going to grow. And it's going to continue to grow. And one fine day, when it's when it reaches its, its, its peak, its zenith, we're going to be taken away from this world. The world will realize that the, the salt is taken away. The light is switched off. And for that to happen, the church must be purified. The standards of the church must, must be elevated. It has to go up. Let's go back to high standards in the church. 
very high standards start with giving more reverence to god's word start with giving paying more attention to god's word start with responding to god's word craving god's word and these are things that we we have forgotten sad to say we forgotten some of these things we are the church but we have forgotten some of these things the church will dazzle with the brightness of his glory the sheen of divine purity will be made evident in our actions and deeds divine purity the church is going to have that sheen that glimmer of divine purity that people who know you wherever you are from wherever you go to they will look at you and they realize that you are different you are shining always you are always full of sheen you know why because you have purity you've kept your purity man and we all have learned that coal and diamond both coexist in nature as two different forms of carbon how many of you know that we all learned that in school carbon has got many forms and they call it uh, coal is the amorphous form and uh, diamond is the crystalline form coal is full of impurity it is not expensive it's a very cheap thing but diamond is is very pure it's a pure coal doesn't have any structure i told it's very it's amorphous it's it doesn't have any structure the carbon atoms are like you know it's it's not doesn't have a structure but diamond has a structure it's very systematically arranged it aligns perfectly the atoms which are found in a uh, in a diamond it aligns perfectly to each other that's why it is a diamond coal does not reflect any light it does not give any sheen nobody uh, kills anybody else for the sake of getting some coal but people kill each other for the sake of getting some diamonds because it is it is priceless it is so priceless it's so valuable it is so attractive i wish i can demonstrate this by using a yeah some some coal and some diamonds some diamonds a plate of diamonds and a plate of coal and i can guarantee you that you all will be looking at the plate of diamonds nobody will be interested in the plate of because coal is full of impurity it has got other gases it's got sulfur it's got nitrogen all those things are stuck up inside this a black solid block but this is pure diamond is pure is made pure by heat by pressure is made pure it's cut to perfection that's the kind of work that the lord wants to do in our lives amen and if you think that yes we are all carbon we are all going to make it to on the other side that's not god's plan it's the fact that we are carbon we are all believers we are all believers we are all carbon but there's a vast difference between a coal a piece of coal and a piece of diamond so stop celebrating being the carbon and staying as a piece of coal because god wants to make you a diamond coal cannot reflect any light but diamond can reflect is dazzling it's bright it's brilliant no no bride will wear a piece of coal at least in the civilized world a bride would want to wear diamond so diamonds are always in the church is called to radiate the brilliance of jesus christ 
Now, within the church, there exist two forms of people. A piece of coal can claim to be a form of carbon, but doesn't have any value. And still be far from the brilliance which the diamond can radiate. Are you with me? It's very important for you to understand. A piece of coal can claim, yes, I am carbon. And not radiate any light. Unlike diamond, which is always radiating brilliance and, and glory and shimmer. Without purity and the right arrangement in form or structural alignment, a form of carbon cannot be found as a diamond. What makes a diamond a diamond is, is a structural alignment, is arrangement. And God desires that each one of us radiate purity and wholeness. The righteousness of God must radiate through us. The purity of God must radiate through us. We have to shine the bright light of Jesus Christ in this dark and dying world. And I have news for you. The, the world is losing it. 2023, the headlines will read like this. The world is losing it. Now, I want you all to know every legal system on this planet is crumbling down. Every legal system is crumbling. Every form of law and order on this earth is being swept away. Does not make any sense anymore. Now you go through the headlines on a day, you can see how far we people have come from the, even the cultural um, standards of morals and ethics. It is not lo no longer found in society. Because the only one thing that can hold this all together is the word of God. Only the word of God. And the church must raise up the standard. We ought to raise up the standard. We ought to stand firm on God's word. We have to shine the bright light. The church has to radiate the brilliance of Jesus Christ even while we are on this earth. Especially as the glorious appearing of our Christ is drawing near. Now Isaiah chapter 60 and verse 1 onwards. Let's read that together. Isaiah 60 verse 1 onwards. Arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness the peoples. But the Lord will rise upon you and his glory will appear upon you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Hallelujah. It's about time that we change our stand. It's about time that we lift up our standards. It's about time that we are found uncompromising. It's about time that we pursue after purity like never before. It's about time that we teach our children to stay holy and pure. It's about time that we preach the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he is about to deal with waste He's about to deal with a wasteland. He will remove the waste and the junk which refuses to be cleansed. Because it is his church. He's going to deal with waste. He's going to deal with junk. He's not going to allow his church to be polluted. Because he's coming back for a bride without wrinkle, without blemish. Brilliant and bright. Clean and white. We are in a season where we will see the purging and the cleansing power of his word being released over the church. Those who will respond will respond. Those who will receive it will receive it. But this is the, the last hour. 
this is the final call he will deal with loose ends he will deal with the slack he will deal with wasteland jeremiah chapter 15 verse 19 the uh, a word that has come to us over and over last year jeremiah 15 verse 19 therefore this is what the lord says if you return then i will restore you you will stand before me if you extract the precious from the worthless you will become my spokesman they for their part may turn to you but as for you you are not to turn to them the church must have this standard you got to separate you got to extract the precious from the vile from the worthless that's the standard the church must raise in this hour raise up the standard in everything that you do wherever you go raise up the standard don't mix the world and the church together don't mix two standards together it's not going to work that way is not going to help anybody it's not the cause of the cross it's not for what christ died for if you return then i will restore you you will stand before me if you extract the the precious from the worthless you will become my spokesman god wants to make you his spokesman his oracle his mouthpiece they who's they the world they for their part may turn to you that's up to them but as for you you are not to turn to them don't turn to the world don't go by the the systems of this world refuse to listen to the world refuse to listen to the world refuse to listen to the world listen to jesus alone listen to god's word alone don't have two standards don't have double standards go by one standard one standard don't follow the trends of this world you will be deceived you're heading for trouble if you're going to follow the standards of this world follow the standards of god's word stand by it abide in his word stand firm stand firm don't put your feet on two boards it's not going to help you land in trouble this is the time this is the this time for the church to arise and shine is the time for us to rise and shine i i remember i was praying over we were praying over people for watch night service one word which came over and over is to make yourself available the lord wants to do something through you this season if you can separate the precious from the worthless you will become his spokesman your his spokeswoman his spokesperson his mouthpiece the lord can use anybody but you have to make yourself available to god separate the worthless the precious from the worthless separate the precious from the vile wants to use you for his glory the coming of the lord is very near uh, let's not let's not pretend like it is the signs are not evident anymore the signs are everywhere you must be you must be blind you must be out of your mind you must be so dumb to not see the signs of his coming If you have little wisdom left in your brains you will realize if you have little sense left in your brains you will realize that the coming of the lord can happen any second now that's how close we are to the coming of jesus christ and we don't have time to waste we don't have time to waste we have we have a, a commandment to keep we have a commission to keep we have a lot to do there's urgency in heaven there's an urgency on earth because of the urgency in heaven 
God wants to use you, make you a spokesman. For their part, they may turn to you. They may turn to you. The world may turn to you. We are hoping the world will turn. We are hoping that this person will turn to us. We are hoping that this group will turn to us. We are hoping that this bunch will turn to us and understand the truth of God's word and submit to God's word. But from our part, we are not to turn to them. But be ready when they come to you to receive them into your fold and disciple them. The standard of God's word. Teach them. God's word. And even when today when we were during worship, one of, the, one of the things that the Lord kept telling me is that there'll be a lot of decisions that you have to make. Amen. Quick decisions. As a church, as, 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 as individuals, as believers, there'll be a lot of decisions that you have to make. It's a decision-making year when it comes to many things. Unless you have the standards high, you'll find it difficult. You can mess it up. The Lord does not want you to lose it. He wants to hold it all together. Raise the standard in the church. Raise the standard in your home. Raise the standard in relationships. Husbands and wives. Father and mother and children. Parents and children. Siblings. Friends. Raise the standards. Raise the standards. Pursue purity. Pursue purity. In your marriage, pursue purity. If there is anything impure in your marriage, deal with it. If there is anything unclean in your marriage, because the Bible instructs us, let the marriage bed be undefiled. Purge everything. Use God's word. This is the greatest disinfectant. The greatest cleansing agent. Use God's word lavishly, freely. It's been given to you to use. Because that's how Christ washes the bride. With the word. With the word, with the word, with the word. Every relationship be brought under the scanner of God's word. Every friendship be gauged by God's word. Every phone call that you entertain be gauged by God's word. Let every chat be weighed by God's word. Let's stop living loose. Let's stop living without standards. We are a people of high standards. God has called us to high standards. He has called us and placed us in his righteousness. And it is not difficult for us if we can understand what it is. By the spirit of God we can. We can. Stand he will because he is able to make us stand. Stand you will because God is able to make you stand. Don't compromise. No compromise. No compromise. No compromise. And in the places that you are, uh, temptations can come your way. In the places that, uh, that you are, lucrative offers can come your way. In, in wherever you are, uh, you know, existing as a Christian, there can be things which can distract you and get you off track. But I want to remind you, follow God's word. Follow God's word. Raise up the standard in your life. In your schools, all the school students, please look at me. In your schools, raise up the standard of God's word. You must have a relationship with Jesus. Not through your dad, your mom. Not through your Sunday school teacher. But your own relationship with Jesus. You must hear from God every single day. You must have a, an ongoing, vibrant exchange with the spirit when it comes to God's word. You must be able to remember what God told you. You must be able to re uh, replicate and reproduce the things that God has ministered to you. I'm talking to little children here. Everyone who can read. Everyone who can read God's word and you can listen to God's word. You must be able to remember what you heard, what you read. Because God is going to use you. That's right. That's what you heard today in Sunday school. That God wants to use you. 
And the, we visited, I, I told you already, we visited 18 campuses this year, this last year, till, till last week that is, till this week, sorry. 18 campuses, schools and colleges put together. And I want you to know that there is a, there's a, there's a need. There's a need for missionary students. Because the things that they celebrate in a time that we're living in, it's far from holiness. It's far from purity. It's far from righteousness. Somebody has to tell them. How will they know unless somebody tells them? Yes, we go, you know, wherever we are given access to, we go and minister the gospel. But we need students. We need teachers. Teachers, I want you to know that you are, you are placed in your campuses with a purpose. Wherever you are placed, whether you are a teacher or a student, wherever you are placed, God has sent you there with a purpose. Raise up the standard. In the circle that you're in, in the industry that you're in, in the place that you're positioned by God, raise up the standard of God's word. Don't compromise. Don't compromise. People can give you a lot of opinions and advices. Don't go by that. Go by what God has told you according to his word. His word, his word, his word is all that matters. His word is all that matters. If you extract the precious from the worthless, you will become his spokesman. It's not a small thing. It's not a small thing. That God chooses you to be his voice, his, his mouthpiece. It's not a small thing. In the most unlikely of places, I want to prophesy this over some of you here. In the most unlikely of places, God will use you. In the most unlikely of places, they will listen to what you have to say. In the most unlikely of places, in the most unreceptive of places, there will be silence before you. Because the, the Lord will give you access. The Lord will give you access into such places to declare the mighty works of God. God will give you treasures out of darkness. You're going to snatch people out of fire. Believe in that. Receive that. You're going to snatch people out of fire. You're going to turn people. That I, I, I believe that the Lord will use some of you. That people will be at the, at the verge of ending their life, giving up their lives. Contemplating suicide. Wanting to do it. And God will send you. Maybe as a voice. Maybe as a, as a gesture, as, a, as something that you carry. The anointing of the Lord will take over. It will cause you to minister life. You know, the, the, one of the things, you have all seen that, uh, that skit we do for our outreach. Where we call it the cross cards. Um, that's what you, how we named it. The title is cross cards. Because, um, you know... Those, characters, those people will come and stand. you remember that? We saw that. We, we, we tried to depict that um, for our Christmas worship evening. That is right. So every person has a, has a burden that they carry. A description on them. It can be fear, anxiety, depression, lust, pride. So on and so forth. Anger, bitterness. But when the gospel comes to them. One by one, they respond and it's a flip that happens, a turn that happens, a transformation that happens. That's how the gospel must be. And God's going to use you. He's going to use you as a spokesman, his spokesperson, wherever he's going to send you to, to transform lives like that. It's with a purpose that God is going to send you to wherever he's going to send you to. This year, nothing is going to be coincidence. I, I want to pray that over you. Not a single trip that you undertake this year will be a coincidence. Not a single person that you meet this year will be a coincidence. There will be purpose. There will be purpose. 
Maybe you can minister in words. Maybe you can minister in deeds. Maybe you can minister in silence. I don't know. But God's going to use you to minister to them. So be available. Be available. Be available. For every meeting with an unbeliever, be available. Even with a believer, be available. Be available. The Lord wants to use you in ways that you never thought. But be, but be given over to this pursuit of after purity. Lord, I want to be pure. Only you can make me pure. Only your word can make you pure. Send me your word. Purge me by your word. I want to, I want to reveal your righteousness to this world. I want to shine the light of Christ. To shine bright. Let's read that scripture one more time. Therefore, this is what the Lord says. If you return, then I will restore you. You'll stand before me. If you extract the precious from the worthless, you will become my spokesman. They for their part may turn to you. But as for you, you are not to turn to them. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's give thanks for the word. Thank you, Father, for ministering your word to us. Your word is everything to us. Your word is precious to us. Even today you reminded us, Lord, it is the one thing that can make us pure. The one thing that can make us holy. The one thing that, that, that can make us without wrinkle, without blemish, without spot. It's your word. This year, Lord, we desire to be given over to your word. Let your word come to us, Lord. Help us to respond to your word, to pay attention to your word. Not be swept away by the hype of this world. Not be swept away by marketing gimmicks or anything of that sort. We want to be, we want to be, we want to be swayed only by your word. We don't want to be carried away by the media. We don't want to be carried away by man's agenda. We want to be swayed by your word and by your word alone. Your word. Raise up a standard in us, Lord, we pray. A high standard. The church will be found brilliant this year. The church will be found shining in all her glory this year. The church will be found full of light. Full of light. Full of brightness. Nothing will be difficult for the church this year. Nothing will be difficult for your people. Difficult enigmas will be solved by the power of your word. Difficult situations will be made light and easy by the power of, of your word. The brightness of your word. May it permeate every dark corner of our lives, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Help us to desire the pure milk of your word more than anything else. The pure milk of your word more than anything else, Lord. Help us to shed our pride. If anyone thinks he stands, let him think again. Let him think again. Let him consider his ways. Let him test himself to see whether he is truly in the faith. Thank you, Father. Let the genuineness of our faith be revealed. And be revealed. Sanctify us, Lord, by your word. Sanctify us by your word. Sanctify us by your word. Your word, your word, your word. Your, only your word is truth. Only your truth can sanctify only your word is true. Release your word over us, Lord. This season, let there be an overflow of your word. Let there be a 
rich ministering of your word in our lives. What the locusts have eaten, what the insects have eaten into and wasted away, Lord, we pray that this year it will be restored, a restoration will happen, a restoration will happen, the momentum that we lost, we'll regain, double for that. Thank you. If there's anybody like that in this in our midst, Father, we pray special grace to manifest over that person. That will restore such a person. Lord, today you've, you've brought us here with a purpose. Every single one is here, not by accident, not by coincidence, but with a purpose. This word has been released over them with a purpose. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hasten our footsteps, we pray. Hasten our footsteps, we pray. Help us be shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace at all times. Hasten us, Lord, we pray. Make us more sure-footed and steady. Thank you, Pa. Watch over us, Lord. Even as we go out from this place, we pray that this word will remain with us. This word will remain with us. Just give us focus. Thank you, Lord, for for those of those of us, Lord, who has received this word, holding on to your word through this year. Thank you for the grace that is upon them, Father, to hold on to this word through this year. Thank you, Jesus. Through this year and beyond. Through this year and beyond. Till you return. Till you return. Thank you, Father. For firmness. God is going to bless some of you with firmness. Firmness in your footing. Firmness in your footing. Steady footing. Steady footing. Firmness in your footing. God is going to make, give you stability. He will be the stability. Stability. He will make you steady. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. The Lord will open doors for you. He will open doors for you. If you remain grounded to, the God, to God's word, if you remain grounded to the church, in the church, in the house of God, if you can remain grounded, He will open doors for you. He will open doors for you. He will give access into lives. He will turn the storehouses of heaven to come and fill your rooms. Come and fill your rooms. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Pa. Lord will watch your footsteps. Lord will make you strong and healthy. Strong and healthy. Even as you say yes to God, yes to His word, you will, you will see a restoration of health. You will see a restoration of health. You will see a restoration of your strength. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, worship you, worship you. Give you glory. May your name be glorified. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Give you direction. He will give you direction. Do not fret. Do not fret. Do not fret. 
go in the time of god in the time of god in the timing of god go by the timing of god do not fret thank you jesus thank you thank you may your name be glorified in our lives commit each of each of us into your hands father we pray that you will continue to minister to us lord we lift it up in everything that we do we glorify in our ways in our deeds our actions lord take over our senses lead us in the way everlasting in jesus name we pray amen hello this is nisha dilip koshi i'm sure this podcast has blessed you do subscribe to our channel for more messages and follow us on social media to stay connected may god bless you